Let's do it. another fun field uh, I, it's got to be fun field if it's this show it's got to be fun field another fun field episode of short bus cinema i am one rick morgan and the other guy that's making this show happen is my good good friend mr johnny krug what's up my buddy oh dude i am stoked <laughs> i'm the shaman of the shit show we're gonna do this <laughs> <laughs> yeah man because you you brought this one to the table and I, I'm surprised I've never heard of it, but I'm glad I, I have. <laughs> well, and it's it's horror too, so it like uh, it's one of those ones that kind of like you know it's bad and it's it's kind of uh, in our wheelhouse. It's well, I don't even know what you put in the same category with this one. It's it's just kind of to its own thing. Even I even have trouble trying to describe it to people as far as what happens. It's like. You know, think of Poltergeist. Think of the story of Poltergeist, but instead of like cool looking spirits coming back, it's just some dudes in some big rubber mask, and you know, it's a dude with a bullwhip stops them. Squire. <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of it. I mean, <laughs> well, you know what's funny too is this movie. Yeah, it's it's totally a horror movie, and it's it's um you know categorized as a horror movie, but. You know, and we'll get into it as you know once we uh, start talking about the movie. Yeah, but I mean, um, it doesn't it doesn't become a horror movie until the end. <laughs> really? Yeah. So what we were talking about is a movie called The Dark Power, and uh, man, we got a show for you. So you just hold on to your seats. We're gonna be right back, and we're gonna jump right into this turkey. Get out of the way! Do you desire to add yet another entry in the endless legion of film review podcasts to your playlist? Can you not stand the thought of having any moment of your dull, pointless, waking life intruded upon with the sounds from the real world, and would prefer to listen to a small cast of assholes talk about movies? Then, they must be destroyed on sight! Probably meets your bare minimum requirements. Join Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest hosts as they talk about films from every genre, ranging from the obscure and schlocky to the well-known top-dollar classics. Look for... They Must Be Destroyed On Sight! On iTunes, Podbean, YouTube, and Facebook. That's... They Must Be Destroyed On Sight!
And now for our feature presentation. And we are back with the Dark Power from 1985. And um, for some reason, I thought this movie was much later. So it being 85, you know, it works because, you know, the, the styles and stuff are still pretty relevant. Yeah. Um, the IMDb score for this is, is a low 3.4, which yeah. I don't know, man. I've seen movies on the show that have had higher scores that were worse than this. So, well. You know, it depends. You know, I think it's just it's it's one thing to be not a good movie. It's another thing for it to still be entertaining. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, totally. So I think that's kind of the the twist on this. I, apparently, these people didn't find it entertaining, but it, it is. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. <laughs> this movie is written and directed by Phil Smoot, who, uh, as far as I know, I think he only directed and wrote one other movie called Alien Outlaw. Which has Lash LaRue as well. <laughs> and it also has the uh, heavyset fella that, you know, mm. said that it's it smells like a refugee. Or no, he said it, it looks like a refugee and smells like a fart. He's <laughs> got that dude. Um, but, but this dude did go on to become like, uh, he did a lot of miscellaneous crew work on movies like The Taking of Deborah Logan, Tusk. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, just a lot of, a lot of other stuff. So, um you know, it was probably a good idea that he moved on to other stuff and not directing and writing. Well, yeah, I mean, it's that's really bizarre. I mean, to even hey, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna use these guys in other films because they did such a good job before. You know, <laughs> <laughs> dude, I'm telling you what, man, it's it's kind of like oh, I can't think of the director, but um, there was another director that did the same thing with an, a really old aging actor that was, you know, way past his prime. And I, it wasn't Carradine, but it was someone like that. And they just kept putting him in movies. And I, it yeah. was just like, dude, come on, man. I know they're probably cheap, <laughs> but you gotta, you gotta move on. <laughs> um, yeah, man. But this movie, it stars <laughs> the famous legendary Lash LaRue, who, if you don't know who that is, he is a master of the bullwhip. And, uh, <laughs> They make sure they they use that in every movie that he's a part of. Like it, the movie won't even call for a bullwhip, but he brings it on set, and they're like, "Okay, well, I guess we're going to use the bullwhip." <laughs> um, it stars a lot of other people, um, but I don't think anybody you would you would really know. No, uh, I think the only person in this movie that went on to do anything was Cynthia Bailey, who was the black girl who played Tammy. Yeah, and she actually went on to do a lot of other stuff. You know, she did like Sharknado Four. She did for Love or Money with Michael Keaton, or no, I'm sorry, Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple other things that um, kind of mid to high profile. Well, you know, out of out of this bunch, she had the chops, right? <laughs> well, I mean, and I feel like they they gave her like, as far as the girls in this movie go, they gave her the most to do. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, we'll get to it later, but I mean. She's she's a powerhouse at the end of this movie. Uh, Some would say it's Lash Larue. <laughs> you know, and of course, you know, you, you keep throwing his name around, but you know, I I really didn't even pay attention to really who he was. I just said he looked like George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote down that it was he looked like Kenny Rogers. So I mean. I think yours is probably more accurate, though. Well, you just throw some glasses on him, and he kind of looks like a real bad George Lucas from the <laughs> 90s. <laughs> That's awesome. Man. Oh. 
yeah, man, this is this is going to be something else. So uh, unless you got anything else, I, I'm ready to roll on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do it, man. All right. Just like you would suspect a movie like this to open up, it starts off with an old Indian dude in bed. <laughs> <laughs> and he's laying there. Uh, think about... Well, no, don't think about it. Uh, he's laying in bed. He's He's, he's dying. And he has crackers next to the bed. Yeah. And there's all these people that are standing around him and stuff. It's and a camera crew. <laughs> I, yeah. It's like they were there to do a, you think they were there to do an interview, but I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, I, I can't, I guess in the eighties they had a lot of people dying on, on live TV. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember that. Just people crowded around some vegetables deathbed. <laughs> And he's holding some kind of little amulet in his hand. It's just a, a skull with an eagle standing on top of it. And he says, Toltec. Toltec. <laughs> and dies. <laughs> it's like, everybody's kind of going, what? What does that mean? Uh, nobody really knows. <laughs> <laughs> but then you get the uh, the news report of him passing and saying that an old Indian who was picked on by the locals and they thought he was crazy and he was doing magic and he's passed away and you kind of get this story on the news. Which kind of ties into the fact, I guess, that there was a news crew there to begin with. But, I mean, the whole idea of them standing around him, <laughs> you're really just kind of going, I, I don't know what this is about. <laughs> Well, yeah, because, I mean, well, when they're standing there, I mean, the news anchor lady that you get to know further, you know, as the movie progresses, oh. she's got, like, a mic extended out where, like, she's going to, like you said, like, she's going to interview him, but he's not even, like, awake. <laughs> Sir, I want to ask you, is, is this your last breath? Okay, <laughs> will, will this be your last breath? I mean, it's just like, what? Could I get a few of those premium saltines? <laughs> premium. <laughs> I like that product placement in this movie. I mean, I'm sure they didn't get any rights for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've kind of thought that as several. You know, there's a Mr. Pilb can later on. You're kind of like, yeah, I doubt you got permission for that, too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it cuts away to a 10-year-old boy, I guess, with a bow and arrow. Not your typical bow and arrow. It's the one that's got the rubber stopper on the end. So <laughs> I was like, this kid's a little old to be out here playing with this. Uh but anyways, he's not very good with it either. He's terrible. Absolutely <laughs> terrible. And we get these POV shots of something sneaking up on him with this really bad jazz music in the background. Let's just go ahead and talk about the music in this movie. It is so out of place. It it, it, it really just makes you go, what what's going on here? Half the time in this movie, there's a xylophone playing. Dude, I was just going to say Scooby-Doo xylophone. <laughs> like, that's, it'll be like a really intense moment or something that would, you know, you would expect. You know, someone's getting, like, their throat slit and you hear, like, this Scooby-Doo <laughs> sting. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah. it's almost like Mr. Rogers, like, when he's talking to, to Trolley, you know. <laughs> uh, but anyways, this kid's running from something. We don't know what it is. And it ends up being, he's so scared, but it's just a chilled out bunch of dogs that are just sitting there like, hey. Well, they're being, they're being good boys. <laughs> but they built up this whole POV thing with this music and stuff. And it's just a group of dogs. And you can tell they're just 
somebody's dogs, and they're just kind of sitting there like, hey. (laughs) (laughs) And the kid gets frightened, and he's supposed to be, like, scared for his life. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, George Lucas shows up with the bull whip. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, starts whipping a bunch of docile dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly I mean... In all honesty, though, I mean, they couldn't really throw anything too severe at Lash LaRue. <laughs> Man. Imagine him with, like, a police dog. <laughs> the, they're yelling a bunch of German as it's attacking him. So, and we really don't get much development of who this guy is at the time. It's just a guy that randomly showed up and saved a kid from some dogs with a bullwhip. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's how this movie rolls. And uh, then we cut away to Andre the Redneck, which... It's kind of what Johnny was referring to, this big uh, heavyset guy that's, man, this place smells like crap in here. I mean, you can tell. They threw him in there because he'll just ad-lib, and I guess at the time they thought it was great. (laughs) Oh, everything. I don't think he had a single line that was written. Yeah. But he's got the duty of cleaning up the, the old Indian guy's house so they can resell it. But he's not really cleaning the house. He's just stacking everything in one room in the house. And it's all kinds of artifacts, you know. He finds a little statue again. It's the same one that he was holding. It's got the little eagle on top of the skull. And then all of a sudden, just George Lucas just magically appears. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's like, what is a skull? Who's an eagle on top of a skull mean? <laughs> that right there means dark power. <laughs> It yeah, means, this dude is, I can't tell if he's just got a speech impediment or if he's just really drunk. I think it's a little both. Oh, <laughs> uh, But yeah, yeah, it's to keep the dark powers down. And then all of a sudden, it cuts to outside and uh, the the old Indian guy's grandson shows up, unibrow Indian. <laughs> <laughs> this dude, I mean, it's like, it's it's perfect across there. It's like the thickness of Burt Reynolds' mustache. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, he's like, hey, uh, this place is mine now, so y'all need to, you know, get done with your business, get on out of here so I can sell this place. And this is where we get more backstory of of Mr. Bullwhip, right? Oh, he (laughs) does the interview. Yeah, he does the interview with uh, the... the, uh, yeah, the news reporter, which let's just go ahead and talk about her, too, because she's a great news reporter. She's got that voice, but the problem is is she talks that way regardless. Yeah. Even when she's talking to friends and stuff, it sounds like she's doing a news report. So I, I dated a girl about, I don't know, 15 years that was like that. She was actually working for a news station, hoping she would be an anchor one day. Wow. And so every time she talked, she was always on, and I hated it. It was, <laughs> it was awful. Yeah, and that's exactly how this lady is in this in this movie. And you know, for the most part, yeah, you could see her on local low budget news. You know, um, we yeah. hold on. Let me go ahead and put something out there right now. It's pretty <laughs> funny. So we get she's about to do the backstory of La, of uh, George Lucas, but right before this, earlier, she says that she's doing a three part series on Living Wills, <laughs> which first of all. Who in the hell wants to watch a three-part series on Living Wills? <laughs> that sounds like the most boring crap ever for, like, news. But then you start to wonder, like, is she interviewing him because she thinks she can get him on his deathbed? <laughs> well, I, I think she's wanting to get him on a bed. <laughs> oh, dude. She is obsessed with him, dude. She She's laying down thick this whole movie. 
Yeah. So they're sitting and eating lunch together. Why? Don't really know. I guess because, you know, George Lucas was best friends with, with the old Indian dude. And they're talking about old man Cody. And uh, he's like, uh, well, she's just laying it on thick, man. She's like, uh, apparently we find out that uh, this dude is a legend. He's he's a forest ranger. <laughs> a legendary forest ranger. There he's a, a legendary forest ranger that hunts down cougars and whatnot and uses his whip <laughs> and never causes any damage to the animals. <laughs> Well, he, he definitely wrangled a cougar. and <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I was thinking the same thing when I was like, uh... <laughs> I mean, there's no there's no way they knew that back in this time, but that's pretty accurate. <laughs> Dude, but, but seriously, he could be her grandfather. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and she's landed on thick, too, man. But she decides she wants to do another segment about old man Cody, and they're outside of the house, and she's doing this segment. And... We get this uh we get this exchange. So this is sound bite number one about the bull whip. If it's alright with David, I'll recode his diary. It might be something in there that would help your story. Oh, you've been such a gracious gentleman, Mr. Gerard. There is something you could do for me, Miss Dalton. Ooh, lunch, dinner, my phone number. Just... No, uh, I was gonna <laughs> tell you about the whip. I uh, I think that might just be a little bit out of my field. Oh no, this is a gift from Cody. <laughs> she was all in until he brought the whip into the conversation. She's like, yeah, I don't know about that now. <laughs> She's all I, all I know about is old people dying. I don't know anything about weaponry. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, and at this point, you know, we get more story of. Of why Cody, old man Cody, lived in this house, and he believed that the Toltec Indians were living here and using black magic, and he was living there and using all these, you know, spells and stuff to keep them from coming back to, I don't know, rule the world or whatever it is they're wanting to do. Yeah, well, and and I don't know what it is because later, once we get into it, you know, once they come back, they don't really have any kind of objective, but. Yeah. Uh, they say something weird. I don't know if it's here or if it's a little further on in the movie, but they say something about how because they buried themselves alive in some ritual that that would bring them back. (laughs) I I don't know how that works, but I feel like if you just don't bury yourself alive, you could stay. Yeah. Yeah. If if you're going for immortality, I don't think burying yourself is the right answer. Uh, (laughs) But uh, we cut away from this to another instance where the news reporter is talking to some friends after... I guess it's after church is what's going on here. Yeah, it's a it's definitely a church. And uh, these college girls are looking for a place to stay. And the news reporter, just ha- news reporter says, Hey, well, I just happen to know about this place that's now open where this old dude just died in it. And there's all kinds of weird stories about it. But hey, you know, you're needing a place. You're college kids. You don't... You're not scared of that kind of crap, so... Uh, yeah, it's really nice. You just got to deal with evil spirits, that's all. <laughs> uh, well, and I feel like these people are pretty... Like, nobody... They kind of know the history of... Like, apparently everybody in this yep. town knows about the Toltec legend, but nobody seems to care. Right. Well, they, some of them don't believe it, obviously, but then 
like just like that and then all of a sudden you get these girls that are living in the house and these these girls are not college kids these <laughs> these are adults <laughs> oh yeah and, every single one of them's at least 32 yeah and the fourth one shows up and uh she comes into the house and she's friends with the girls that live there this is tammy that's coming in and I'm trying to figure out why there's that no soliciting sign on the wall. <laughs> I, I don't know if that was to be quirky or if they literally filmed that in the lobby somewhere. Yeah, because it, like it a feels bank like lobby. it was there on purpose, but not as... It's almost like an oversight of, hey, could we take this down for the shot? Nope, it's got to stay. Uh, okay. <laughs> you could at least put a piece of tape or something over it, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they uh, they give Tammy... A tour of the house. And she's like, uh-uh, I ain't staying here. This place has got a bad, you know, juju about it or whatever. Because she knows the the story about everything's happened. And um, you can tell, I'm, we'll give you an example here in a second. But you can tell that, I'm just going out on a limb here, but I'm pretty sure a white person wrote this script. <laughs> <laughs> while writing lines for a black person to be in this in this in this part because it's just way too obvious the words they make her use yeah <laughs> oh man uh yeah they they try to really make you understand that she's a black girl even though you can't see that she's a black girl but um <laughs> This is where the other two girls are trying to talk her into it, and they go, "Oh, you gotta, you, you gotta see this place, right?" <laughs> and Johnny wanted wanted me to pull up this line, where uh, they're showing they her the to, carpeted bathroom. They get to see the bathroom, and uh, this will give you a great example of how this whole conversation is going. I got here first, so we got the big bedroom, and you haven't even seen the fringe benefits yet. You Honey, you're not gonna believe this. Come on, what? Just go this way. Our private bath. Ooh. <laughs> Honey, you sure that old Indian that stayed here wasn't really a Rockefeller in disguise? <laughs> really? No, Tammy, I think he just took it over after the place was built. Anyway. Okay, okay. So, she's asking, you sure this wasn't a Rockefeller? This house... <laughs> This isn't a nice house. I mean, it's a decent no. house, but like, <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty pretty plain. Yeah, even like, in '85, this was not incredible. <laughs> no, and like they told, they walk her into this carpeted bathroom, and she sees this tub, and to me, it looks like a normal bathtub. <laughs> like, I mean, it had nothing stood out as being like fancy, but she is just like blown away, like. Friggin' Bill Gates lives there or something. And, and there's other lines in all this, too, where they're showing her the kitchen. She's like, oh, look at this oven. I'm going to cook. Honey, I can cook. I'm like, man. <laughs> I'll make lines. a mean lasagna. <laughs> I'm going to throw some stofas in there. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, this is interesting, too, because... She's. They're trying to talk her into moving in, and then there's the the third girl that's in this house too. Looks like Sean Young. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, uh, she's. I don't know how to say it. She's just. She's racist. So she. Yeah. <laughs> she don't want the girl to live there. I mean. And she's. So, she lays it on so thick, dude. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, fun stuff. <laughs> so, so now you got this other girl saying, well, now I just want to stay because she don't want me to, you know. <laughs> so you kind of got one of those situations going on. So there's already a riff between the middle-aged college chicks <laughs> over <laughs> racism. So I, in my mind, I keep going, this movie's got to be made in Arkansas because that's the only way this stuff makes sense. Well, it did say at the very beginning, the scroll at the bottom said Northeastern United States. There you go. I like how specific they are there. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't give us a state, yeah. <laughs> like just anywhere. Um, and this is where uh, later on, it's amazing how many times the the reporter and George Lucas meet up. Oh, my but, God, uh, dude, a lot. They run into each other at the courthouse. And I love she, this part. she ooze and ahs over him again. Well, I do my best to try to stand up for people that need, you know, good representation. You're just all over the place and all this stuff. This is where they decide to go to the Hall of Records. Well, hold on, hold on before you go there. Okay. Like, so he's outside the courthouse and she's asking what he's doing there. And he says that he, <laughs> these people are there. Because yeah. they they can't sleep at night because there's noisy fish outside. So they're throwing, like, dynamite, dynamite into the lake. <laughs> and oh, yeah. and so as as he and the lady are walking off, these this, these people come out of the courthouse. The family and comes out. And they're like, and she's, she looks, he, the little kid points at Cody, or at George Lucas, and uh, the mom says, the fish are loud. <laughs> It's like what the hell is that I, that had to be an attempt at humor yeah yeah it was there's a lot of that in this movie and it's yeah that, well you know what's funny is is nowhere in scenes like that where they, they try humor is the silly xylophone yeah right yeah save that for the murder scenes sure yeah I mean that, that you again it's just it's like everything just music was an afterthought oh we need to put something here Hey, uh, what do we got? Well, I got, I got the Xylophone King's greatest hits. Hey, throw it in there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they decide to go to to the Hall of Records to look up the history of the house that Cody has, and you know, there's something funky going on with the way this is being passed on to the grandson or whatever the story is. It, here's the thing. It doesn't matter, right? Matter of fact, it, it, it doesn't matter so much that at this point of the movie is when they really try to describe what's going on. So this part right here, I, I got a sample of it, but this is a young guy that works at the Hall of Records that knows the entire history, even though he's been working there for a month. And, <laughs> well, he, and, stumbled, uh, he stumbles across a, uh, across a file that apparently like was hidden, like nobody knew about. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> it's the Hall of Records. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, we got this one black uh, filing cabinet over here that you're not supposed to look in, but guess what? I did. <laughs> <laughs> but he gives the spill of uh, everything that's going on. So even at the end of it, George Lucas goes, well, now it all makes sense. I'm like, <laughs> <Does it? laughs> somebody explained the plot finally. All right, good deal. Here we go. He made a formal written request that the land be destroyed uprooted, graded, and that if any archaeological artifacts were found, they were to be turned over to the U.S. Navy and buried at sea. 
Good heavens, what did he think was buried there? That's just it, see. <laughs> Cody thought that four Toltec sorcerers had buried themselves there several thousands of years ago. But that would be such a great find for American Indian historians. Why did he want everything dumped in the ocean? The Toltecs believed that if they buried themselves alive, they would... Buried? Alive? Yeah, it's, it's all in his request. Of course, the government denied him and turned him down. You know, they hushed it up to try to keep from being embarrassed. Anyway, about the legend, these buried sorcerers fed on the blood of the living in order to remain alive. Cody did, he didn't Sure, that's why he that... practiced all those dusted on rituals to keep the Toltec sorcerers under control. That explains it all. <laughs> what? Well, it wasn't until after the houses were built on Totem Hill that Cody went before the courts to get control of the property surrounding him. I love the, but it wasn't until he built the house on, where are we at again? Totem Hill. Totem Hill. <laughs> Dude, you, I love that because in the background, it just sounds like they have a guy off, off camera playing the bongos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, let's put these African tribal drums in the background, which have nothing to do with this story. That, that'll, that'll work great. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Oh, I just love how much information this kid knows. <laughs> he looks and he looks like Joey from uh, Elm Street three and four. Yep, yep. <laughs> He's got that like that <laughs> mullet going on, yeah. but almost has like a sheen to it. But at least now we got an idea of what the story is supposed to be because the other people that's been trying to tell it so far have just failed miserably. And uh, <laughs> he gave me the swip. <laughs> well, that doesn't explain anything. <laughs> No, you don't understand. These pieces on the end here from the four corners of the earth, and <laughs> but they're leather somehow. I I don't know. I think I'm just making this up. But anyways, this well, whip is special. <laughs> and earlier he says so matter-of-factly uh, when, when the big dude's going through that room, he's like, it's the dark power. <laughs> like, what is that? Do you know? You know you're just saying stuff. Like, they're, they're telling him right now what the dark power is, so how do you know about it back then? <laughs> He's just trying to keep his polydent in place, you know. <laughs> dark I just, power. I just did dark power in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, we we cut back to the new uh, sorority house, <laughs> and uh, we got workout girl uh, in the kitchen trying to fix her something to eat and exercise at the same time in her underwear in her underwear because that's yeah. what you do right and um uh, this lame guy that thinks he's tom cruise shows up oh god he's the worst yeah and this is lynn's brother now lynn is the girl that's the real racist girl and for some reason now her brother is moving in it turns out he's pretty racist too oh yeah well i mean they're brother and sister how could they not be right <laughs> And uh, and that's probably the whole point. I think Lynn had him come and stay there to cause a ruckus. That way she wouldn't look like such a bad person, even though she wanted, you know, Tammy gone. So, but yeah, he moves in and there's more of xylophone music because that's what you do when you're moving into a house. How about this scene? <laughs> the girl's talking in the bathroom. <laughs> I've had a rough day. I want to take a bath. Wait a minute. There's some random other chick in the bathtub drinking a Budweiser. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, random. This girl's nowhere else in this movie that I know of. 
Did you did you get that, or was it am I, am I mistaking something? No, that no, she never reappears. That I, <laughs> yeah. It was just some random girl, come over and says, "Hey, I want to get in that Rockefeller bathtub." <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, she's drinking a Budweiser, and you know, this the main girl's like, "Never mind, I'll just take a shower instead." And we get uh, we get a little a little naked shot here. She's like, "Oh, we're out of bubbles." <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what this was. Was they found somebody that could could uh, satisfy the need for gratuitous nudity? So they're like, "Let's just have her take a yeah. bath here. Just throw in there, yeah." Because I mean, they probably couldn't get the the really attractive uh, workout girl naked. No. So yeah, so they just picked this. I mean, let, let's face it. Even by eighty standards, this girl was uh, she was skanky. <laughs> but uh while she's in there in the tub and the other girl's in the in the shower craig just comes in the bathroom and he's like hey <laughs> what's going on over there in the tub <laughs> <laughs> and then uh workout girl grabs craig flushes his head in the toilet and uh yeah. pours the ashtray so, she pours the ashtray over his head oh yeah yeah that's right but you know what I like here in this scene is she she twists his arm back behind him and she pushes his head into the toilet. But yeah. when it cuts back to his head in the toilet, there's nothing holding his head down. He's literally just <laughs> dunking his head just himself. himself. <laughs> so it's like, dude, lift your head out of the damn toilet. <laughs> He's not smart enough for that, man. <laughs> and then, for some reason, the reporter decides that, hey, me and this young guy at City Hall, it's like she's moved on from from George Lucas now she's interested in this young guy well it's two, it's two extremes dude she went from uh, you know having this geriatric love affair to like Mary Kay Letourneau <laughs> but they're they're doing calculations right and I'm like why <laughs> why I mean what is the point of this he told you all you need to know but they're going to calculate on what night this is all supposed to happen and the calculations is guess what? It's the same night they're working on the calculations. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> it's really a good thing they decided to do that math. Man, if they would have waited a day longer, I mean, we'd be in all kinds of trouble. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, tonight's the night that the evil spirits are coming back to take over the world. And uh, <laughs> she's like, I need to get a hold of George Lucas and let him know. <laughs> And also, she decides the the move the the news reporter is like, I'm going to go back out there and do a report on this because it's tonight. <laughs> what? <laughs> I would call the girls, but they don't have a telephone. Yeah, that was really <laughs> weird that they established multiple times they don't have a telephone. Yeah. Well, because I guess in this point, um, I didn't know many people that didn't have a phone. I knew a few. But this was this was like a very established house that, I mean, the only reason they wouldn't have a phone is because the old Indian dude didn't want to have one. So well, I I think I mean, yeah, I mean that could be it, or maybe the like phone service doesn't run out there because dude, they had a friggin' pool table. <laughs> they had that everything else. Yeah, I mean, they had it, they had all this crazy stuff in the house, but no phone. Yeah, and I mean, come on, let's let's be realistic about it four, five, three, however many middle-aged college girls it is, <laughs> they're going to have a phone. <laughs> yeah. 
So, you know, I think that's why they kept driving it so hard. Um, but well, also, meanwhile... Well, also, I mean, like, because the, something happens to the toilet, maybe it's Craig's head, because <laughs> yeah. later they have to call someone to fix the toilet, yep. so it's like, that's did they have to at. drive yep. into town <laughs> to get them? Craig's got some buddies over for a party now, because now he's just saying, hey, this is my place now. So he's got some buddies over, and they're just spirit spilling beer everywhere, throwing cans, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, Andre the Redneck shows up. I gotta fix the toilet. You know. <laughs> he brings in he comes in there with his kid Cletus. <laughs> it's the kid from the beginning too. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They're like and, we didn't order any pizza, dude, or whatever he says. And he's like, My name isn't dude. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the whole time that they're walking into this house, his son, Cletus, keeps saying but I wanted to drive the truck. Say, shut up! <laughs> you ain't old enough to drive no truck. <laughs> Dude, it's like it's like Squidbillies all of a sudden. It know? is. He's like yelling <laughs> at him nonstop. Say, shut up! <laughs> oh, but yeah, and he walks in. And he calls Craig and all of his buddies <laughs> white trash. <laughs> <laughs> Which is man, I'll tell you what. If there ever yeah. was a pot calling the kettle black. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But while he's in there working on the toilet, Cletus, his son, goes outside and steals the truck. <laughs> <laughs> and they never come back to that. <laughs> he just drives <laughs> off into the night. <laughs> yeah, Andre the Redneck runs outside. He throws his wire cutters. Even though he's working on the toilet, he had wire cutters in his hand. I haven't figured that out yet either. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's funny, too. He's like, he's like, make sure you fix it good. What am I going to do? Fix it bad? <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, probably. You have wire cutters. <laughs> but he goes out and he throws his wire cutters trying to get Cletus to stop in the truck. But Cletus is gone, man. <laughs> He's taking off. And, He's looking uh, for those dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get you dogs. <laughs> but uh, so Cletus, or Cletus, uh, Andre the, the redneck goes, where'd I, where'd I put that tool at? And he goes to reach down and get. he finds his tools and he goes to reach for it and a hand pops up out of the ground and grabs his hand. And we cut away to one of my favorite scenes in this whole movie. And that's George Lucas's answering machine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, earlier the news reporter said, I need to call George Lucas and let him know what's going on. Well, this is the message he gets. <laughs> You know, I really hate this machine, Mr. Gerard. Uh, I, I would appreciate it if you'd let the girls know I'm doing the story this evening. Thanks again. I, I almost forgot to tell you the reason I'm doing the story tonight. We figured out today's the start of the evil days. <laughs> Click. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like... <laughs> The way she says it is like it's, it's a sale down at Ross. Right, exactly. It's, it's the start of the evil days. It's today is the start of the evil days. Click. <laughs> I gotta get over there. <laughs> oh, I mean, and he's got this expression on his face like, the world is going to hell, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but going back to the house we don't get to see what happens to Andre uh, you, you never see Andre the, the redneck again yeah he is a much bigger part in the other movie <laughs> <laughs> but at the house there's a knock at the door and our white trash guys that are drinking and partying 
answers and answers the door. And it's one jacked up, long faced, cartoon looking Indian. Dude, it's Marilyn Manson. <laughs> he's got yes. one he's got two different color eyes. I mean shit, that's oh, that's, that's perfect. It is. <laughs> oh, I kept saying, Man, he reminds me of somebody, and that's it. It's Marilyn Manson. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh and they just opened the door and he's just standing there and they're like hey who, who is this guy I don't know man and he just reaches in and grabs one of the guys and pulls him outside well, the other two guys are freaking out well they're freaking out but the one friend is yelling at Craig he's like man this isn't funny man he's like he's like oh, he's like this this is illegal man like what what's you don't even know what's going on how can you say it's illegal he thinks it's a he thinks it's a prank gone bad or something. Right. It's illegal, Craig. And Craig's like, I don't even know who these people are. <laughs> but he grabs one of the guys and pulls him outside and holds him up by his neck against the house. And then there's another Indian off in the distance who just pulls out a bow and arrow and shoots the guy. Like right in the chest. And uh for some reason the other two guys decide they want to leave the house and i'm like why would you go outside <laughs> why would you want to leave the house <laughs> so they go to the patio door which is you know when you when you if you do get the chance to see this movie you go around back and it drops downstairs you got a like a built-in patio and then you got double sliding doors that you can go out of that's where the pool table is and they go down to that door, and another Indian comes in <laughs> through the patio door with two tomahawks in his hands. And dude, he looks like a hobgoblin from <laughs> from that movie we did. He does. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't look like an Indian at all. <laughs> yeah, the rest the rest of the guys on the clique look like members of Slipknot. Right. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's that's a good description. They do kind of have this. The faces are just so distorted that. You can tell they're just masked. Oh, yeah. The only one, I think the Marilyn Manson one's the only one that has a lot of, like, definition. <laughs> oh, man. So they, they see the, the hobgoblin. They run back upstairs. And the, they uh, use the best defense they can think of because now that first Indian that was outside has now opened the front door and comes in. And uh, Craig throws a. An aluminum can at him. Well, <laughs> did you notice in his hand, he's, he has a croquet mallet, but he's throwing all the, like, paper yeah. and aluminum cans? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, because, you know, because the Indian's going to grab the croquet mallet and break it, you know, like, uh, Yeah, this is, it's it's pretty weak. I mean, this is a, you're introducing these characters and you want them to be super strong, you can't defeat them, but you're throwing empty aluminum cans and a croquet mallet is your weapon of choice. <laughs> but Craig runs out the front door and his friend that got shot by the bow and arrow earlier, who I'm assuming was already dead. Yeah, I thought so too. But another Indian is holding him up by his head. Like up at up at his waist, like these down his knees. So he's reached down, he picked him up, and slits his neck uh, of a dude that's already dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I, I mean, I, are they tr- just trying to scare Craig? I, I don't even know. I mean, because they kill him off almost pretty immediately after this. Yeah, yeah. He takes off running, and guess what? They just shoot him in the back of the head with with a bow and arrow. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I rewound that part several times trying to figure out. Okay, was dude already dead, or is it a different dude? Not the same dude. Uh, hey. Just in case he's not dead, I'm going to go ahead and slit his neck. It's the right thing to do. <laughs> well, it's like I said earlier, man. I think these these uh, Toltec demons that are back for uh, Honda days, I mean evil days, they, uh, they, I mean, they're, they're, they're there to kill and stuff, but they do a lot of, like, meandering and just stupid crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, well, and your third guy that's still in the house is trying to hide and goes in I think it's Tammy's room right yep. she kicks him out and while this is going on the Indians are outside and it becomes the three stooges man these Indians start like <laughs> slapping each other in the face and <laughs> it becomes a comedy act all of a sudden with these Indians and you're just like where is this movie going I don't think it even knows where it's going at this point well, and because they've built up this legend to be like so deadly and stuff, and these they're just dorking around. Wow, yeah. But Alan, that's the guy that's trying to. He's the last last of the guys that's around. Decides that, uh, hey, we got to get out of here, and he sees Craig's sister, and Sean. she's all upset and said that she's going to jump in the car and go tell mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? Tell mom what? I mean, what? what is the purpose? Because they still don't understand that the Indian thing is happening. Only the guys know this. So, I don't know if she was upset because all the guys were there, and she's going to go tell mom and her brother and her friends. That's what I think don't it is. Know. Yeah, I think it's it's the brother thing. But even then, she gets in the car with, with the brother's friend. Yeah. And well, he's like, yeah, great, let's go. <laughs> he grabs the keys out of her hand. And she chases after him, and they run and get into the car, and it cranks, uh, tra- crank, it, crank it to leave, and uh, she doesn't, still, she still doesn't know this, this whole Indian thing's going on, <laughs> but the car won't crank, <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why is because Hobgoblin Indian has pulled out the wire harness of the car. Now... I just want to reiterate here. These Indians have been buried in the ground for over 200 years. <laughs> how are they going to know what a car is? <laughs> or how it even works? <laughs> so, well, so, yeah, because because technology is actually kind of their downfall later in the movie. Well, they don't even know how about, they don't have a telephone. I mean, so they're going to know how to pull a wire harness out of a car? <laughs> Oh, man. So they decide to go hop onto the pontoon boat, which is... Sure. Man, I'll tell you what. I can't think of a slower way to get away. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you literally could swim faster than a pontoon boat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so on their way out to the pontoon boat, Alan gets shot in the leg. And uh, uh, then the girl... (laughs) The girl that's with him uh, gets shot in the arm, and uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If we got, if I did, I pass the stuff that happened. No, there's no key in the pontoon boat. 
So they literally are just, you know, taking the stick and trying to push the pontoon boat. And they're still tied to the dock. And they're still tied to the dock. And that's when (laughs) Marilyn Manson shows up and grabs the rope and pulls them back in. Ends up killing uh, Alan, which is the the guy. And, uh, yeah, Lynn is trying to run away. And uh, she breaks off the arrow that's in her arm and stabs this other Indian in the face with it. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's totally predictable. You know it's going to happen. But when it does, you're like, yeah, okay. All right. I'm with you on this. But uh, then she gets shot by <laughs> by another arrow. <laughs> so, uh, and, and this is this is the thing, right? Because normally this is where you start going, all right, how many, how many arrows does this guy have, right? It's kind of like that Legolas question. It's like, how many arrows can Legolas keep pulling out of that quiver when you know they only hold, like, five? <laughs> and was he buried with arrows? <laughs> yeah, right. So, But uh, he finally does run out of arrows, right? So let me back it up a little bit. He uh, goes and pulls the arrow out of Alan's head. So he'll have another arrow to shoot. And it's got uh, it's got a piece of Craig's brain on it. <laughs> so he gets him a little snack while he's getting him another arrow. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, up until that get, point, I didn't expect him to be, like, eating the people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At, at this point, it's just kind of anything goes. They're, they're rolling the film and said... Hey, just go ahead and act like you're going to eat that. Then you get a gymnastic girl is looking at the window, and she decides to go out and look because she hears all the noise, and there's that darn hobgoblin out there again. Jumps out and scares her, and she takes off running, and she thinks it's Craig that's chasing her. And uh, all of a sudden, the the, the Indian has got the arrow stuck in his face, grabs her by the head, and he's holding her, and then hobgoblin... He's going to throw one of his tomahawks. <laughs> and again, it's three stooges, man. He throws the tomahawk and hits the other Indian instead and kind of goes, huh? <laughs> and, and, it, and it really is like one of those. It's so cartoonish, dude. It's just. <laughs> yeah. Oh? What are you? <laughs> it's like, and Ellen's looking like. <sighs> it, it really is. I mean, it really is a Scooby-Doo moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and. With all this going on, I mean, there's people yelling, there's screaming going on, and it finally cuts back to the house where you see the main girl of the house goes, did you hear something? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, really? (laughs) Well, I mean, in the house beforehand, I mean, he was throwing trash at the the, uh, Marilyn Manson guy and, like, making a ruckus. Oh, yeah, well, that's that's where we're at because I've I've got it. So it's just like the scene in E.T., when he's home by himself and he starts snooping around the house and he's knocking beer cans over and <laughs> drinking out of stuff and I mean that's what the scene is and <laughs> well that's what I was talking about earlier with with like no direction these these freaking these Toltecs are just getting into like the cabinets <laughs> oh man we're getting to we're getting to possibly the best part of the whole movie right here uh the girls think that the the guys are drunk and they're in the kitchen, and the main girl is like, "Well, we just we need to just go in there and, and straighten them out." And Tammy's like, "No, I thought we'd decide we just wait till morning, 
and we'll take care of the situation when everybody's sober. And uh, <laughs> so he cuts back to the Indian in the kitchen, and he's you know not the Indian in the cupboard. That's a that's I mean, a he is story. in the cupboards. <laughs> he is in the cupboard, but you know he's knocking stuff over and stuff. Throws the coffee pot on the ground, and we get the greatest piece of script writing. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. Before you before you get there, though, you, uh, the reason she's going out there is to get the silverware. Oh, that's that's what I'm getting. Oh, to. okay, that's, okay. That's we have to have a reason for them to go out of the room, and we get this. Tammy. Yep, yeah. A silverware. <laughs> oh, no. And we don't have renter's insurance yet. <laughs> oh, this is the Indian. Bust it up. There's your xylophone. <laughs> He's getting into the wine. <laughs> Tim Allen. <laughs> Hey, Beth, would you feel more comfortable if we, like, bring your silverware in here with us? <laughs> well, it is expensive stuff. I mean, it belonged to my grandmother. I mean, I'll just die if anything happens to it, not to mention what my mom will do. Well, let me take care of it. Where is it? I think it's in the cabinet underneath the shutters. Anything else you want me to get while I'm in there? No, nah, anything else I can replace. Mm-hmm, it's that old stuff you gotta look out for. Mm-hmm, <laughs> <laughs> girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did I mention I'm black? <laughs> Dude, Lordy please mercy. tell me you got Man. the audio from when she's berating Marilyn Manson. No, no I didn't. Oh, my God. So she goes out there, and, and he's out there in the cupboards. He reaches out for her, and she just starts going sassy, you know, just sassy. But it, it turns into, she's like, I'll make, you mar- I'll make you march home in a trail of tears and all this stuff. She's... <laughs> <laughs> And it's just, oh my god, dude! She goes on this whole thing oh. yelling at him, and it's it's pretty great, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, well, my whole thing was after this whole conversation about the silverware, <laughs> she opens the bedroom door, and the the <laughs> the kitchen is maybe six feet away. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, like it's going to be this big daunting task. It's literally three footsteps away from the door that she's in to get the silverware. And like you said, the Indian grabs her through the window and uh, threatens her one of the knives and says all the stuff that you were talking about. But she brings she brings back the, the silverware, you know. <laughs> then she just decides, hey, I need to go check on everybody else in the house because I just got attacked by some Indian guy. Instead of saying, maybe we should stay in here. Well, and not only that, I mean, I guess she assumes it's one of Craig's friends just dressed up. I mean, yeah, exactly. I, mean, I don't know, yeah. because they're giving a lot of credit to his his dork friends. Man. But she ends up going downstairs and looks out the patio door, because that's... Every time you go and look out the patio door in this movie, it's never good. And she sees an Indian carrying the athletic girl, and obviously she's dead. And uh, it's, it's the arrow face Indian that's carrying her. And at the same time, Longface or Madeline Manson <laughs> breaks in the bedroom and and uh, Beth starts screaming. And it's another one of those comedy things where she starts screaming and he starts holding his ears, which is something else that happened earlier, too. 
one of the girls is screaming, and they're like, <laughs> trying their best to make this funny. Uh, and uh, she's <laughs> she's screaming, "Go home, go home!" <laughs> And then Tammy runs in because she hears her screaming and jumps on the Indian's back. And Beth picks up a dumbbell, hits the Indian in the face. And now all the Indians are in there. <laughs> and and they're after the two girls. And I love the part where Tammy says, Oh, man, this is just like it said in the legend. <laughs> <laughs> well, these Indians are trying to kill them, and they've got them down. They're trying to kill them. And George Lucas was in the house a little bit earlier because he showed up. And he gets knocked out. But the girls are... No, 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 no. He ain't got knocked out yet. This is where he first shows up, I think. Yeah. This is when he first shows up. So we get this great intro. It kind of goes like this. I'm sobering up, you son of a bitch. (laughs) Feel my whip. Well, and I love this because he he takes the spear out of the guy's hand, and then and then he's like, "Let's take this outside." Because the guy grabs a whip too. Oh, we haven't got there yet. Oh, okay. (laughs) There's some other things that happen, but you're exactly right. Uh, It it gets. (laughs) Oh yeah, he gets knocked out here. Yeah, because one of them touches George Lucas on the arm, and he just <laughs> passes out. <laughs> I'm like, was that some of that Indian magic? I mean, I'm just help me along here, because I don't know what just happened. But, you know, it's that thing where you have to have them knocked out for a while. Uh, and this is where Tammy runs into the artifacts room, where they piled up all the stuff from old man Cody. Beth is on the pool table, so this is kind of... This is getting kind of rapey at this point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you get the scene where the Indian's distracted by the little TV with no picture on it. <laughs> yeah, he knows how to disarm a car or, you know, disable a car, but he has no idea yeah. what a, a moving picture is. <laughs> well, there's not even a picture on the TV. I mean, it's it's saying stuff, and then what it is, it's, it's the report of, you know, old man Cody and what all this stuff means, and it's on the TV, but... There's just lines on the TV. It, it's it's a little bitty portable TV, and the Indian stops like he understands everything. I'm like, these guys don't even speak English. They're they're <laughs> they're Indians from all these years ago. Well, they say they're pre uh, pre Aztec, right? But they understand English and can take your car apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that magic, I guess. But uh, wow. He's got Tammy down on the ground. She reaches up and grabs one of these eagle daggers that's hung on the wall and uh, stabs one of these guys in the head. And uh, then she stabs the hobgoblin in the back somehow. It doesn't really show it, but two of them come out and they're stabbed. <laughs> and uh, well, it, this is you where... can tell that does something too because the the hobgoblin guys like smoke starts coming out of his mouth. Right. Yeah. That's right. So these daggers, which are the the daggers that were out in the ground, you know, marking this territory where these spirits are, I guess, from earlier on, um, 
she's stabbed the rest of them except for Longface, Marilyn Manson. And they're all, like you said, going outside. And it's just like the first Evil Dead movie. They're smoking and deteriorating, and it's all kind of stop motion, claymation kind of looking stuff. And it's not terrible. It's not bad. It's not bad. But you only got Marilyn Manson left. And uh, he's, he's attacking the girls. And yeah, that's when you get this one. All right, you demonic bastard. Let's take this outside. <laughs> so, how would you feel if I whipped your nose off your face? <laughs> and he says that line. <laughs> he does. Uh, but the fact of that the these this Totec Indian reaches up and sees a bullwhip on the wall and takes it. Like now he's a master of the bullwhip and he's going to fight. George Lucas I don't, in a bullwhip battle. I don't think he knows who he's up against. This guy just took out a, a pack of tame dogs. <laughs> he's he's conquered many cougars. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But instead of, like, they go outside the patio, which is, apparently this is the hot spot of the house. This is where everybody goes. And they work their way up on the balcony that's over the patio. And, uh, yeah, you get the scene of well, how you feel if you didn't have a nose. <laughs> pops his nose off. And the dude like shrieks out in horror. Like these guys are the undead <laughs> demons and a whip to the face just totally devastated his day. <laughs> Earlier they're getting shot with arrows and hit with hatchets and it doesn't affect him. But a friggin' whip to the face. <laughs> yeah, man. And then uh he, he ends up throwing the bull rip around the, the Indian's hand and rips his hand off. <laughs> and then he does, does the exact same thing to his head. Yeah, I feel like that, that guy was taken out a lot, too. Like He's supposed to be, like, the final boss. Right. It was way too easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you've got a magic bull whip, you know, from the four corners of the planet. <laughs> well, it, it, I guess it's like we were saying earlier, though. Like, Tammy did the most work. Yeah. Yeah, stabbing him with those with those eagle, you know, daggers is kind of what made this all happen. But anyways, Marilyn Manson is dead, which we've been waiting on for a long time. Uh, <laughs> I thought when that prop fell on him on stage would done it, but no, it had to happen in this movie. The beautiful tall tax. The beautiful tall tax. <laughs> and at the end, we get George Lucas. Giving us a little monologue. Why do you give him monologues? <laughs> like an know. overdub. This guy, really? I've got it right here. <laughs> well, Cody, it's over. Seems like the evil days that you knew were coming have passed. <laughs> the people will never really know the whole story. Especially the listeners. Only God and you and I really understand it. But I feel that you were with me all the time, at least in spirit. <laughs> I think you're still here. I'll miss you, but I'll go on. <laughs> the afternoon and evening of my life is still to be lived. <laughs> Hello. Stay with me in spirit, brother. Dude, he, he slurred that bad the afternoon and evening of my life. <laughs> the afternoon and evening of my life. 
He was doing pretty good. It's the whole movie, man. It's the whole movie. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, and, and uh, I can't remember because it's been a, a while. But do they go back to the pontoon boat? <laughs> I know they're walking. That's where they're at. Yeah, when they're at the pontoon boat. The, the, that's where they're at when they're saying, on the pontoon. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's where you celebrate after you kill 200-year-old Indians or whatever, or 2,000-year-old Indians. Well, it didn't make sense to me that that uh, Big Earl or whatever his name is, he was the only person with a vehicle that drove up there because everybody else either yep. walked or came on a boat. <laughs> Bicycle or, yeah, I mean, it, so strange. I mean... It, it, well, one of the taglines for this is like, like the neighborhood's gone to hell, and I'm like, neighborhood? It's one house in the there's, middle of there's, nowhere. There's no, there's no neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So there you go, folks. Dark there is the dark power. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm serious. It's one of a kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, I, I really wanted to do this on the show because. Man, I almost sound like uh, George Lucas for a second, uh, but I, <laughs> as I'm yeah, I really wanted to do this because, like, I remember watching this for the very first time years ago, and like, I read the synopsis and I, I, I saw like the poster art and the cover, which some of them are kind of cool looking, and then I started watching the movie and like, you know, you get freaking like I don't know, fifty, fifty-five minutes into it. And then yeah. it finally turns into what it was supposed to be, <laughs> like yeah. like a horror movie. But everything yeah, leading that's, up, that's something we didn't even really talk about. It it takes forever for this thing to kind of hit a point to where you even see an Indian. <laughs> well, I mean, besides the one with the crackers at the beginning, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and unibrow. Oh to yeah, unibrow, but I want you off my but, land. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's my land now. This place looks like a refugee and smells like a fart. I'm telling you, that needs to be on a shirt. On a short uh, shirt. <laughs> on a short shirt. <laughs> a crop top. A midriff. <laughs> um, did you get any? Uh, what were what were they thinking moments in this? Dude, uh, just I didn't even bother because this this whole movie is just a whole. What were you thinking? Because. Like I said, I, I try to describe it to people as think of poltergeist, <laughs> <laughs> but with a bullwhip. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know about this movie. I just, it's like I it's know. like a bad episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark with titties. Yeah, I mean, the the whole the whole reason for even making this movie, I'm still trying to figure out. I mean. At least I feel like with other movies we watch, they're trying to tell you something. <laughs> Here, I really don't know. I mean, but how is that possible and it still be that enjoyable? So I guess I'm going to have to go with the whole idea of the xylophone. That is mine. That's what I wrote down too. <laughs> because it really takes you out of so many scenes that could possibly be passable. But it just really, it just really puts it on a PBS level. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that, I, that's hundred percent what I put down was the uh, the xylophone. Yeah, so strange. Um, I mean, any any um, good lessons from a bad movie? Uh, 
don't live in Arkansas? <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, um, I have two of them. I said sometimes pontoon pontoon boats are uh, aren't used for fun, and this movie they're used for strictly transportation. Um, and also, yeah. an eagle on top of a skull means d- the dark power, or it's a prison tattoo. Right. <laughs> How would you upgrade this? Go. Uh, I don't. I don't know that you can. <laughs> I mean, I really don't. Lev- I don't know how you can fix. You would have to fix so many things for it to be an upgrade. But to me, you would be ruining the whole reason you'd even talk about this movie if you did. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I got, I, I definitely have seen this many times. I get enjoyment out of it each time. Yeah. I'm, I'm really interested in I'm, watching it with the commentary because I have the DVD with commentary. No way. Yeah, and I want to, I want to hear, <laughs> I want to hear the background on this from the director. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear explanations. <laughs> um, <laughs> my upgrade for this would be just to booze everybody else up with Lash Larue. Just, right. you know, like before every scene, have everybody get on the same playing field of drunkenness. <laughs> um, but that's that's all I got. Uh, so where do, you, where do you sit this man. on the bus, man? I'm going to put this in right in the middle. Third seat. Okay. Uh, it is not a good movie <laughs> by any means. But it's just bad enough that you literally want to show this to people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to put this in the second seat. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, mean, I think I just, I've seen it so many times, and it's just like kind of nostalgic, maybe. Sure. Um, doesn't yeah. mean it's good. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I definitely don't think it's a great movie or anything, but um, it does, it has, re, you know, it's a movie you can revisit, and and you can definitely show, show this to people and laugh because it's so just like, who the hell's writing this dialogue? <laughs> well, and that's the thing is like, you know, they make this huge point of trying to point out this girl is being racist to the black girl, but then the black girl's being racist to the Indian <laughs> when he's trying to kill her. So it's like, oh, how do you, how do you straighten that out? <laughs> well, dude, we didn't even, we didn't even touch on the fact that Craig's friends are like somehow worse than him. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. They're like, they're yeah. like, yeah, wait till Tammy comes back. We need to think of some watermelon jokes. <laughs> Oh, they call her Mammy Tammy, too. God, I mean, just, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. What? And just the decisions of, in order to move the plot along, hey, we need to go hang out in the Hall of Records for a while. (laughs) Oh, it's like, what? They spend as many time, they spend as much time in the Hall of Records as they do in the house. (laughs) Pretty much. And, again, when you're waiting on this character that's in the movie for maybe seven minutes spills out the whole plot for you because it hasn't made sense up until then. (laughs) (laughs) Just kind of tells you where this movie is at. I I don't know if it's brilliant or terrible. I I can't make up my mind. Well, I mean, he he was needed for exposition because they couldn't have given that level of dialogue to to, to Lash Larue. No, <laughs> they probably intended. You give it to, to him, it'd be <laughs> he would be sputtering all over the place. And if you gave it to the news reporter, it would just be more news reporting sounding stuff. So, 
That's a good point. Maybe they just had to do that. So. Well, because, I mean, up until that point, like, you know, you mean every character's kind of introduced, and this kid just kind of pops up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's, this, there's a lot, just like the, the random skank in the tub. I mean, <laughs> I think you're right on there. I think they put in for, hey, we need somebody to do some, you know, half kind of nude kind of stuff. Who's willing to do it? I'll do it. <laughs> All right. I want a beer first. <laughs> yeah, you get paid with a Budweiser. <laughs> She's like, these titties don't yeah. come out unless I'm tapping the Rockies. <laughs> Just, again, the randomness of a random chick in your bathtub. I mean... That that you never <laughs> saw before. <laughs> no, and never see again. <laughs> It's just kind of how this thing works. And again, I, I applaud them because you pulled it off. Not unnoticed, but you pulled it off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was that was a fun. I really enjoyed that, talking about that. Oh, yeah, man. I, I really do. I mean, this is, I mean, you don't hear me say this very often. If you like bad movies, you got to check this one out. I, I it's it's got to be seen it's got to be seen uh i don't i don't put that recommendation on a lot on this show <laughs> but i think this is one that's just crazy enough that you have to see well it. i will tell you this right now ricky phil smoot the director and writer his other movie alien outlaw is just as entertaining as this one wow yeah, that that may be that may be another one we have to hit up. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> it's it's good. It's I mean not, it's not good, but it's you know. Did uh did Tim McGraw do the theme song for that? <laughs> I'm an alien outlaw. <laughs> that, that would have been awesome. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> well, well, all right, folks. That's all I've got on this one. Johnny, you got anything else you want to add to this one? Because I, I know that you you got a love for this no, one. No, but I will, um, on the short bus page, I will uh, probably in the next week or so be watching the uh, the director's commentary. So oh, I yeah. will be probably putting some facts and things on, on there. Because IMDb and, IMDb and uh, like Variety and stuff has no info on this. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is a rare one for me, too, because I've never even heard of it. So... I, I applaud you. I mean, <laughs> this has been a trip. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, well, I mean, I'm glad, I, and I hope people seek it out, because it's not streaming yeah. anywhere, and it's, I mean, I think on Amazon you can rent it for, like, $1.99 or something. Yeah, definitely got to check it. And if you do check it out, or if you're a fan of it, or even if you're not a fan of it, let us know, because, uh, again, I'm, I'm still in kind of wonderment about this film and how I've never heard of it before, so... Uh, it's it, it, like I said. As far as short bus is concerned, it's a must see, but don't expect anything great. <laughs> Just enjoy. Well, it. Let us know your theories on this whole text. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take it outside. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> All right. All right, folks. That's it for us. Hope you enjoyed it. We will talk to you later on. Adios. Peace.